You're listening to Satellite Sisters Talk TV. This is our recap of the CBS drama, Madam Secretary, starring Taya Leone and Tim Daly. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm here with my sister, Julie Dolan, in Dallas, Texas. And Julie, you know, the serious hair continues for Beth. She has serious work to do, doesn't she? It was a very tense episode, Leanne. I mean, last week she was accused of murder. This week, right off the bat, she finds herself in a terrible situation. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a very tense week, but good thing. She's an experienced secretary of state. She did a good job. She did an excellent job this week. All right. I just want to remind listeners to our recap that we also do a regular podcast called satellite sisters. Uh, that's a weekly show. You can find it on a separate feed satellite sisters at Apple podcasts or at stitcher. But I want to let people know if you haven't listened, this may be the week because our sister Liz, who doesn't do the recaps because I think she's too good for the recaps, Julie. I don't know. Maybe she's too good for them. <laughs> She's, she's she's in a different atmosphere than us. She, yeah. She, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, ironically, she worked in she worked in the TV business, but she doesn't really watch that much TV. But she was invited to a party at Oprah Winfrey's house last weekend, a brunch, a gospel brunch to celebrate Oprah's new book, and uh, she fills us all in on Satellite Sisters. It is star studded, isn't even the word. It's like over the top. I mean, she actually had a. Julia Rob- Roberts, Danny Motor sighting, which that never happens. I have to think about our sister Liz. It was a very comprehensive report. Yeah. Okay. So you don't miss any detail of what went on on Sunday at Oprah's house. Exactly. So take a listen to the Satellite Sisters from this week. We also do a recap of the PBS drama Pole Dark, and we we break down Demelza's uh, child's birth, don't we? <laughs> yeah. That she is able to hack labor a child labor and uh uh and it's an amazing thing lee and i don't know how she did it but she came out looking like a rose unbelievable all right that's also at satellite sisters talk tv but this episode of madam secretary is called off the record uh basically because a lot of things are off the record uh madam secretary goes to libya that's off the record Dimitri, the former Russian KGB agent or soldier, he has an opioid addiction. That's off the record. We got other stuff that's off the record. So here's what happens. We go to a Libyan war zone. We go to a hospital ship in the Gulf. We go to the Oval Office. But, Julie, I have to say my favorite scene took place in that Quickie Mart in Hayes Adams. Didn't you like that? That was there was there was a little electricity in the air, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yes, we are going to get to that. Uh, so here are the storylines for Off the Record. First, we have painting as a metaphor for marriage. That's nice. Do you think that works, sister? I, You're married. <laughs> I'm married. I, Your in, husband enjoys painting. As, yeah, I was going to say, in our marriage, how it works is he paints and I don't. So that he is... <laughs> Okay. In my marriage, we don't paint anymore because we used to fight too much about painting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm worried about this metaphor and what it might mean. Okay. All okay. right. Another storyline, motherhood as the universal connection. We see yes. Bess in action uh, in a very serious storyline. We see that happening. And then the third storyline is just Russian prisons are awful. Okay. Are we surprised? Are oh we surprised? No, that was a very dramatic story. Okay, so we're going to start with the motherhood one. The uh, the Libyan civil war is back on, and talks break down, and uh, 
there's something to do with money and oil and a catch-22 and an aid package, and it's all happening in the Oval Office between Madam Secretary and the President and Russell. And what does our girl best want to do, Julie? She wants to just jump into the war zone, okay? And the President and Russell are saying, no, no, it's too dangerous. But you could just see she had that light bulb moment. She said, I can do it. I can go to the war zone. I can get the parties back to the negotiating table. I can negotiate a new ceasefire. Yeah. So she's, and they are reluctant that they let her go. And then I know she, there's the, the president of the United States, the most powerful man in the world. Well, he's like, well, there's no stopping her, right? Isn't that, isn't that pretty much what he said? I, I mean, about yes, that. there are, Mr. President, you could have stopped her if you thought it was a bad idea. But he's like, well, we got to let her go. There's no stopping her. <laughs> I really thought about that. So, yeah, off she went to the senior prom or yeah. Libya or whatever she was doing. Um, and she discovers that uh, the method for getting into a, like, very hot Libyan war zone uh, with her own small army to protect her is to do a technique called corkscrewing. So she's corkscrewing into Libya. Now, were you nauseous when you heard that word, Leon? Did you immediately turn green? Because I did. I know I did. All I could think of was those like parking lots, those, you know, stacked parking lots where you're going around and around and around to get up to the fifth level and then down yeah, again. Yeah, I was that's, like, that's, a, that's, that's pretty similar to that. Yeah. <laughs> Flying into Jordan is that you do a little corkscrewing too. I was a little nauseous going into that country. Okay. <laughs> All right. So... She corkscrews into Libya with like a small battalion with her and her team, her trusted team. She's got Jay there and Nadine. Blake yeah. doesn't make the cut. Yeah. Daisy right. Daisy stays home because she's pregnant. Very happy not to be corkscrewing anything. Uh, so and they're you know Jake is, is or Jay is just jammed in the back of that SUV. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's in means. the he's in the kids' seat, the third seat in the back. <laughs> that made me laugh. He looked very uncomfortable. And then things go from rough to really bad when the vehicle that the motorcade she's traveling in hits a child. So I know that was just, it was sort of shocking and it was so realistic. And uh, you could just see that situation happening. Here they're traveling on these dark roads. There are no lights. It's a little child just... She was walking back from her grandparents. I mean, oh, and Bess's reaction just seemed so realistic to me. I mean, she was shocked. She was horrified. She was terrified for the child who was just lying there lifeless. Right. But she does jump out of a car in Libya with approaching yeah. lights coming. That seems stupid, I have to say. Like, I know we we saw her reacting like a mother and she couldn't believe it. It was terrible, screaming for the medic. But she's the Secretary of State. She's got to get back in the armored car. So, I, I mean, she does not obey the rules she does not. at all. She yeah. does not. Yeah. Although, did, were you happy this time, Julie, that she actually made her phone calls on a secure sat phone? <laughs> yeah, finally, finally. She's not just using her cell phone to call Henry and tell him all the top secrets. Yeah. <laughs> I like that sat phone. It was just like a giant guy carrying a suitcase walking behind her. That was very funny. <laughs> so, okay. So they the medics 
stays behind. Bess goes on to her talks. They are not doing well, and neither is the little girl. She sends Nadine to the hospital to meet with the family and the little girl. And Nadine, this is her role. We've seen her do this before. She's very good at meeting with grieving parents, grieving, you know, families. So she goes, and things are bad. I I couldn't concentrate because Nadine was, like, wearing the sleeveless dress, okay? Here she is in Libya. You know, this is a very, you know, conservative country, and she's got no sleeves on. I just... You're right. Is your sat phone ringing? It's my sat phone, I guess. I guess. All right. Can we go back to Nadine's sleeveless dress, please? You're right. Which is so much more important than whatever was coming in on your sat phone. Okay. (laughs) I couldn't concentrate. I just, like... Get a sweater, okay? Put something on. But that's her job is to – she does a lot of tough work uh, on behalf of the United States representing the government, you know, in terrible, tragic situations. That's right. Diplomacy is very personal, I, I've learned. So uh, so there she is doing it, but the, the little girl's not getting any better. She has swelling on the brain. It doesn't look like she's going to make it. She needs just better medical care than she can get there. And of course, there's a there's a Navy hospital. There's a, what a Navy a, a hospital, hospital ship. ship. Yeah, there's a hospital has... ship nearby. Uh, right. They have to chopper the little girl out, but that is going to require the two warring factions in the Libyan civil war to call a ceasefire, right? To 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 let them go through the no fly zone to get the little girl fixed up at the at the hospital ship. That kind of teared. I I teared up on that. I thought that was a lovely storyline. And wouldn't that be nice? that warring factions would take a break for a child. I yes. mean, I wish that would happen in real life. Land. Yeah. So I like that very much. I, I would like to believe in that kind, you know, in that kind of world. Okay. Right. And I think this is where you appreciate Tay Leone as an actress, because that was a very convincing scene, you know, when mm-hmm. she had to do that, you know, make that plea to the Libyans and there was fighting and she, you know, she just stuck with it. She's very realistic. And I thought that was, I, I was moved by a lot of scenes actually in this storyline um, because then they, they do get to the, they do call the ceasefire for an hour. Then she has trouble convincing the father to get on the helicopter. And you never- can't blame him. Okay. This is Libya. Okay. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't trust the Americans. You know, he doesn't believe that he's not going to get shot down or his daughter or his wife isn't going to get shot down. That was a very good scene, you know, like, you know, he was just one man, but he was, you know, he, he just, he did not trust what the Americans were saying. So of course, what does best do again, totally against any kind of security uh, protocol. She jumps on the chopper with the family. Right. 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 It's not cleared. It's not clear with DOD. Just doesn't, she's getting on with that little girl. She's not, not letting the little girl go down. Uh, they get to the hospital and then um, there's just a moment when Bess connects as a mother with the mother of the little girl. And they yeah, both happen yeah. to have two girls and a boy and the, the Libyan mom asks their ages and Bess then talks to her about her children. And it's a very simple underwritten scene. I thought, yeah. you know, it was just kind of the sort of simple conversation you would have with someone about basics, but like the point came across that this was the connection. They had this universal connection. And I, I thought that was very powerful too. I, the mother, uh, the mother of the injured child was very good. Whoever that actress was. I mean, I just really felt for her the whole time. I thought I liked her. 
Okay, so then uh, there Elizabeth is thinking on stuff, and then the doctor bursts through this sort of awesome looking, you know, uh, military doctor, right? She can looks, do military doctor. Yeah, who's, no, yeah, who's, yeah, right. No fuss, no muss. She's doing it. She saved the child. All good. She's going to be fine. The swelling on the brain already reducing. Everybody's thrilled. It's amazing. It's a miracle. Bess has saved this little girl. You know, even though she she wasn't able to save uh, the peace deal in Libya, she was able to save the little girl. So she heads back, you know, on the chopper. They got to get home. It's really not safe. And Oh, wait, what happens, Julie? Jacobs. Jay runs in and the ceasefire has held, Leanne. Okay. And not only that, they want her to come back to Tripoli. Once again, our girl Bess saves the world. Just, it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Oh, uh, once again, don't we wish that we, I wish we could send Bess to North Korea. Don't yeah, you, Jewel? No, there's several spots in the world. <laughs> Pick a spot, Bess. Get on the plane to North Korea. Head to head to Iraq. How about Catalonia? They could use some help there. Uh, we need you, Bess. We do. We do. All right. Storyline number two, Russian prisons are awful. All right. This has, this has to do with Dimitri, a.k.a. Alex. What should we call yeah. him, Julie? Should we call him Dimitri or should we call him Alex? Let's call him, let's call him Dimitri because that's really who he is. Okay. So his wit sec name is Alex, but we know him that he's the Russian soldier that Henry, you know, did – did wrong, ended up in a Russian prison. Henry managed to get him out, put him in WITSEC. And now, oh, he's working for the CIA. Uh, I'm sure that happens all the time. But it's good for story because we like Dimitri. And now that his hair has grown out, he's adorable. Uh, yeah. But Dimitri... Even, even though he's looking raggedy because he's a drug addict. He's, okay. Yes. He is, he, he is a pain. He's an opioid addiction. Started after he was treated after a year of being tortured in the Russian prison. He was given opioids. And we know now that he, he has a hard time getting through. He can't get through a day without taking them. And, no, his, si- and his sister is onto it, too. Yeah. I mean, she's trying to, you know, it's not going to work. Uh, but she's trying to monitor you know, his, the number of pills that he takes every day. And he lies to her. He's lying to his most beloved sister, you know, uh, that, oh, he, I didn't take any pills today. But, uh, Leon, you know, what, I mean, he had a lie detector test in order to get the job at the CIA. But isn't there some kind of like medical screening or drug testing? Shouldn't that be part of CIA agents? Um, I know. Job I, I know. I thought that's why he was trying to kick the habit on his own is that he had a drug test, but it turns out he just had a meeting with his team. Yeah, I don't know how that. I don't know how that works, Julie. Yeah, you know, sometimes as a writer, you have to kind of look the other way for the sake of story. So let's. Not, yeah, it would seem there would be a test, but. Hmm. I mean, okay. I was screaming at the television set. You're going to have a drug test when you get to that office. <laughs> All right. I guess I was in pretty deep. Yes, back off. I know. I know. You're not his mother, Julie. You're not his mother. Uh, All right. So uh, there's a complicated reason why Henry is assembling this team of Dimitri and two nerds, right? Two wonks. Uh, Yeah, they want to turn, they definitely want to turn one of the Russian diplomats that's in Afghanistan. They want him to become a double agent. And this small team is trying to determine which of the potential candidates, you know, uh, Russians working in Afghanistan might be the most likely to turn because of their own weaknesses, something that this CIA team could 
could work on. So it's uh, a woman who's been a career, um, you know, CIA. The guy is was allegedly in the military. I don't know that casting of that guy. Did, did he look like he was? <laughs> he didn't a, look, no, he looked um, like a little nerd. He did yeah, not look, look like believable at yeah. all. Okay. So the woman I liked because I've seen uh, the movie Spy with Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, and that's exactly. <laughs> I kind of felt like she was the like super duper smart analyst that's just been held back because of. Mm. I don't know, uh, because of male bias or whatever, uh, but knows everything and works in the office. So uh, they go through the candidates. Long story short, Dimitri has one recommendation for Henry. The two nerds have another recommendation. Henry seems to favor Dimitri's, but he's going to he's going to do some thinking on it. And so then the little team of three, the two nerds and Dimitri go out for, for drinks after work, a fun night of drinks after work, which ends very, very poorly when the addiction gets the better of Dimitri and he lashes out at his American counterparts uh, when they're joking about one of these guys ending up in a Russian prison. He tells them exactly what it's like, the torture in a Russian prison. And that was very difficult to listen to. Yeah, it was and pretty bad. It, it was sounded bad. Like, sounded pretty realistic, Lan. Yeah. Uh, so, it, um, yeah, it did. It was a very detailed account of how the torture starts and how it continues. And then he gets up and he calls them what, pampered CIA agents. Right. Yeah. Isn't that, that it? wasn't too good. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, he freaks out. He walks out and then he takes a pill. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the next day he goes to work and Henry calls him right into the office. And to, to be fair, the two wonks have to tell Henry about this right. because they, they totally that was unstable. Ratted, ratted him out. I yeah. mean, which they should do. I mean, yeah. first of all, they work at the CIA. So you imagine that everyone's getting ratted out every <laughs> single day in that agency. But secondly, they, he really did freak out. It did not seem stable. And it was an over-the-top reaction. And then I'm, I was actually surprised and pleasantly surprised that he just confessed what was happening to Henry. Because I think we had thought that maybe Dimitri was a double agent. He was trying yeah. to do Henry wrong. But I thought that showed a tremendous amount of honesty and trust just to say, hey, here's what's going on. I found that a very simple, plain, but really, uh, you know, again, a beautifully underwritten scene. Yeah, I, like I mean, I, he apparently had hit, hit his rock bottom. I mean, he felt like he was called out. And for whatever reason, he still has a connection. I don't know if it's trust, but he has a connection with Henry. And uh, he just told him the truth. And it was it was very moving. Right. Yeah, I thought I wasn't so sure about this storyline when it first started, but I thought that was uh, just a very uh, compelling scene. Okay, finally, our last storyline, painting as a metaphor for marriage. Okay, we start, it's a little cute scene in the beginning when Bess and Henry are trying to pick a paint color. Allie, you know, who's in design school, I thought she wanted to be a fashion designer, but she's taking like engineering or something. Construction, it was a construction class she was going to. Yeah, but she looked cute. It was a good way to bring her in. She was, you know, FaceTiming in the kitchen. So that was cute. Yeah, Yeah. I liked it. Helping Bess pick the, you know, the possible paint colors and they all had funny names names and, you know, they can make fun of them. So, uh, and then Jason comes down he's like, oh, for God's sakes. And he goes off. He can drive to school now. So woohoo, Henry and Bess head back upstairs. I know. That was... whoopee. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, Nadine and Blake are waiting out in the car. Like, should I text her again? Where is she? I know. I know. And Blake's in the third seat. He's in the kid's seat way in the back. And they're, yeah, but... 
but she just sort of slipped into the big suburban like uh, like nothing had happened. Yeah, and she got that yeah. serious hair, yeah. so none of it looked mussed up. So she she did a pretty good job. Yeah, she meant to tie that blouse tie right away and get back yeah. in. Yeah. But while they before the whoopee started, they were you know Stevie came through the kitchen and oh can I have the extra paint you're not going to use. Because, you know, my tedious British fiancé's apartment is really kind of depressing and dark and we should lighten it up and paint. So, you know, they give her the paint. And then we see Stevie. This is really Stevie's storyline. So we see Stevie go paint with Jared and he just becomes a class A jerk. I mean, I, I have told you British, I don't like so this guy. So pompous yeah. and British and snobby and he doesn't like her family and, you know, and – you know, and he didn't want to paint. Oh, he was horrible. Yeah. I mean, first of all, they were painting like one wall. That takes like an hour. Okay. I don't even, <laughs> although they were putting white paint on a brown wall. So that might've taken longer, but he was such a pouty man boy, like, oh, yeah. and they had this weird line about Bess and, you know, is this weird attraction to Bess? I don't know. And then he was pouty about the fact that Stevie got called into work. Well, she works at the White House. You know, if you, what, what is that, Stevie? Drop that guy. You're an intern at the White House. You have kind of an important job, or at least it could lead to an important job. If that guy doesn't support your career now, Stevie, he is not going to support it when you really need to work 24 seven. Okay. Oh. Spoken like a satellite sister. Yeah. Good, good advice, Liam. Red flag. Dump that guy. Uh, okay. So I just, I wrote in my notes, I hate that British guy. So. <laughs> Yes, you shared your notes with, and that's exactly what it says. I hate the British guy. Okay. You don't trust him. That's what you also wrote. Okay. Okay. So, so, you know, and then, then he tries to make up for it with Stevie. You know, he tries to be nice and, oh, I like your family and, oh, I really like your mother and, oh, this is great. But Stevie knows just the big red flag. And then she goes to her parents' house and she sees her parents painting together. You know, Bess has saved the world again. And Of course, and- I don't believe that the Secretary of State uh, and the head of this giant CIA operation are really spending their free time painting their kitchen. No. But they are having a blast doing it, right? And- what are they painting, Julie? They, they didn't take any of the dishes out. They marked well, off they a few things. There's like a half wall they were painting. I don't right. know. Right. They haven't put down any like tarp or no. plastic. No. No, no, they're going to have it all over the place and no. they're having a little paint fight. But even when um, when Stevie sort of makes up with Jared, did you notice the body chemistry? Like he's barely touching her. He's you gross. Know? I don't like, like him. I don't like I, him. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that I think the writing is on the wall there, Liam. And the we, paint is on the wall. Right. So Stevie is watching her parents have so much fun painting. Like this painting is a metaphor. My parents have this great marriage. They give and take. They have fun. They don't take things too seriously. They're not yelling at each other. That's the complete opposite of what she had with Jared. So this is when we get to the scene in the mini mart between Stevie and the grocery and Dimitri, because we know they had like some long lingering looks at the end of last season. And now they meet again in a quickie mart. Uh, Dimitri's just had his meltdown. I know, but he's just taken, he's just taken his opioid. I was a little worried about that because he was sort of in like an opioid stupor hang with his head in the refrigerator. But then he... (laughs) But then that's true. He started, that is a red. You're right. That's a red flag. That I was a little worrying. Okay. I know you wanted to work out with him. But, I know. Okay. But I thought that was like a realistic conversation between 20 somethings. They sort of knew they knew each other. 
you know, he couldn't remember her name. What do you do? Oh, the opera. Oh, we both just messed up at our careers today. We both just have things going on. So it's just yeah. a sign of things to come. Let's hope Dimitri gets clean, has yeah. a good, good, you know, run at rehab and can, can get rid of, you know, the monkey on his back. And let's hope Stevie gets rid of the monkey on her back, that British yeah. monkey. Let's <laughs> hate him. Send him back. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, binders full of blouses. There wasn't much going on this week. What'd you think? Uh, well, I do want to uh, give a shout out to the white linen jacket that uh, Bess was wearing. I mean, she is, is the only woman who can wear a wrinkled white uh, linen jacket, which was kind of a favorite of Muammar Gaddafi, you know, the Libyan leader. I thought yeah. maybe that's why she had it on. But she didn't look wrinkled the way... If you put on a, wrink, a linen jacket, you would look like a wrinkled mess. If I, me too, right? But not with Bess. So I, I give a shout out to that white uh, linen jacket. I thought that was pretty good. I've spoken about Nadine's arms. Like, please put a sweater on. Um, <laughs> I, what uh, what I really loved was Tim Daly's sort of. A uh, handcrafted tie. Did you see that sort of woven tie, skinny black oh, woven no, tie? Well, you better go back and rewatch okay. the episode just to make sure that you that you che- uh, check on that. I am not down with the blue tie around the neck. I, I don't. I didn't like that at all. Okay. I, I don't. I don't like those neckties things she's doing. But did love yeah, a lot those, of neckties. A yeah, lot of neckties. I don't like that. Uh, yeah, that yeah, seems, first of all, it seems kind of fussy for Bess. Like it's going to get in her way or it's going to choke her as the day yeah. goes on. Uh, it doesn't seem as functional as the rest of her clothes. I, I thought in general there was more of a trend towards black and white color scheme. Last year we saw a lot of blues on blues on blues. Yeah. And yeah. I noticed it in all those Libyan scenes that Bess was in black and white. Like that was yeah. kind of the color scheme there. So, you know, branching out. But Henry's still rocking a lot of blue, but Bess yeah. in yeah. the black and white. Maybe it was and Stevie Iona. had some really cute little black suits. She She's did. looking good. Yeah, yeah she does. Good. She looks good. She looks good. She doesn't need that guy. She doesn't yeah. need that stuff. And just one guy. final comment, not related to our binders of blouses, but just for in terms of the set design. I, I noticed the same pastries on the conference table room that were there last season. <laughs> okay. Okay. I really would prefer to see fruit in the morning on Bess's conference table when she meets in the White House rather than those those very, very stale croissants. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, anything else happening, Jill? Any no, other observations? On Leanne or whatever your name is. <laughs> Just call me anything. God. <laughs> Tuesdays are a long day. We got a lot happening on Tuesdays. Uh, Julie, you are actually headed to Brooklyn NY, which is, yes, we, we know that's often where they shoot Madam Secretary. So keep your eyes peeled, you know? I will. I will be, I will, I will be looking, I will be stalking because they do a lot of filming in Brooklyn, I understand. So yeah. I will be walking the streets of uh, Brooklyn uh, in search of Madam Secretary. Okay. Using your granddaughter as a prop, just wheeling yes. her around. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> Good idea. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. You can find out more information about us, our podcast, rundowns, everything you need to know at our website, SatelliteSisters.com. Come on over. Join our Facebook group if you're not a member already. Uh, we have a very nice – we have an official page, which you can like. And then we have a very uh, fun group. If you're, if you're not part of it, we would love to have you. Usually – 
conversations spring up around the latest episodes about him secretary or pole dark or all kinds of issues that we discuss on satellite sisters the more the merrier come on over and don't forget you can always subscribe to our regular podcast satellite sisters all right have a great week jill you too leanne and don't forget call your satellite sister <laughs>